Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am your host, Hayden Grove, joined, as always, by our Cavaliers beat reporter, Mr. Chris Fedor, who has taken some time to not be able to travel. You know, he's been he's been finally not traveling around the country with the Cavaliers as he was all year long. The offseason has commenced. Are you a little more rested and relaxed at this point, Chris? Yeah, man, I'm good. I feel like I got that week to kind of refresh, recharge, and now I'm ready to dive into what is a critical offseason for the Cavs. That's the thing, right? Like, yeah, you know, sometimes you just go into an offseason and it's just blah, you know. Um, But for the Cavs, like this offseason is just as important as the past season, the past season's grind, if not more important than what happened this past season. Right. I mean, certainly we've talked a lot about why it's such an important offseason, and we will. Um, but before we dig into that specifically, uh-huh. um, what? So tomorrow is that would be Friday, May twenty eighth. Kobe yep. Altman will address the media for the first time in a long time. Yep. Um, he will take questions from the media, and I guess my first question to you would be. If you were, I mean, what what do you want to hear from Kobe? What do you think he'll address? What do you think, like, what questions do you have? I mean, what it, it's just been so long, and there's been so many um, things. Has it been that long? I don't know. I feel like it has been. I think it was January the last time he spoke. I'm looking that up right now. That's four months. Is that a long time for a general manager? I mean, I, certainly not for a head coach, certainly not for a player, but I don't know if general managers really speak that much. Three times a year seems about right. I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's been maybe just given some of the things that happened. Like in terms of uh, Kevin Porter Jr. or Andre Drummond and all that stuff. But I I, I don't know. Again, I I guess I just hearken back. I know baseball is a 162-game season, but I hearken back to like Antonetti will hop on every now and then, you know, taking place of Tito. and um, So maybe that's that's more along the lines of what I'm thinking about. But – I mean, I feel, but four months is long regardless. It's a long period of time regardless. Maybe yeah. not long for a GM, but it's been a while. So, like, a lot of things have happened since January. Yeah, the last time that he talked was the post-Jared Allen trade on January 14th. That seems like forever ago, too. Doesn't it? Or is it just me? I think it's just you. I mean, like, if they would have acquired somebody bigger than Isaiah Hartenstein and some picks. <laughs> yeah. At the trade deadline? Yeah. He obviously 
would have talked then. He talked last trade deadline um, about Andre Drummond shortly after acquiring him. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know that there was that one big moment where it required him to come out and talk. And I'm in the minority on this. Look, I'll talk to Kobe anytime I get an opportunity to talk to Kobe. I'll jump on a Zoom call if he's going to make himself available. Um, but but I've been hearing a lot of this discourse about, oh, Kobe never talks, all those kinds of things. Like, yeah, would it have been nice to hear him talk about the Kevin Porter Jr. thing? Sure. But I don't think we would have gotten any answers. I don't think he would have really dug into that. Um, I don't know that it was really his place to speak after the Kevin Love situation. I think Kevin was the one to speak after that because it was his actions. And yeah, most general managers spoke immediately after the season ended. But we talked about this, Hayden, and I reported this. Everybody in the organization decided to go away for a couple of weeks to kind of um, just step away and, and recharge and allow emotions to die down. So nobody said anything that they regretted in the heat of the moment and things along those lines. So, I mean, yeah, from that standpoint, the timing is a little bit weird because most general managers speak immediately after the season. The Cavs chose to do it a different kind of way. They're never going to get the benefit of the doubt, especially at this stage of the rebuild. So everyone's like, why didn't he just speak right after the season? What was he waiting for? Um, but he was always planning to talk at the conclusion of the season at some point, whether it was going to be around the time of the draft lottery or before then. It's not like he was going to go into hiding and not talk to anybody. So I guess just from my standpoint in covering the team as long as I have, I don't think four months removed from hearing from the general manager is really that long of a time, personally, especially right. when there weren't huge events that happened in between that time. Sure. And I'm again, I'm not this is not me like calling out Kobe. You should be talking more. I just think that like, I don't know, maybe it's just the the. it probably seems longer because of everything that the Cavs went through that's, as an organization in the second half of the season. Some of those things out of their that's control. What I'm thinking. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Because I mean, January seems like an eternity ago. Maybe it just maybe it's just my life. <laughs> I don't know. But like, it seems like January was like two, two years ago. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. The time isn't, you know, moving so fast, but. Um, but regardless, I mean, I think Kobe, I, and again, I, I know he was planning to talk to the media after the season. I get, I get it. Um, but I think it's a good opportunity. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I would much rather Kobe answer questions. And again, I, I, I understand that like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these GMs and a lot and, and guys like Kobe don't like to get too, too deep into things and like to keep things in house. And that's fine. Right. But I'd, I'd much rather Kobe just, you know, do it all at once. And then rather than like sprinkle a couple of press conferences in and, you know, not really say anything and, you know, you kind of, you know, just just do it to do it, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, look, it's saying that it's his responsibility as the face of this organization and the voice of this organization to address the state of the team after the season and recap everything that happened throughout the course of the season and talk about the plan moving forward. So this is going to give him the platform to do that. At the same time, like, for all the people that have been demanding Kobe speak, he's not going to have many answers. Right. <laughs> it's just, exactly. just warning everybody right now, he's not going to have many answers. And I think he understands this. I think people inside the organization understand this. He's going to get criticized regardless of what he says. 
And his right. answers that he's going to give in the Zoom call with reporters tomorrow, they're not going to satisfy anybody. I know how this is going to go. At the end of this press conference, people are going to be like, oh, it was a bunch of PR mumbo jumbo. He didn't tell us anything. He had no answers for what happened this past year. He was very guarded on what happened with Kevin Porter Jr. and what the plan is for Kevin Love moving forward and negotiations with Colin Sexton and Jared Allen. He said nothing in 15, 20 minutes or something along those lines. Right? I mean, like, that's what's going to happen at the end of this because it's very, very rare that general managers reveal anything of significance or importance when they speak to the media in this kind of setting. So it'll be interesting. Yes. So that that I guess that's my question is like, so he again, I'm not expecting anything earth shattering. You know, oh, we're gonna look for a really talented player in the draft. We've heard, you know, <laughs> I mean, I I could recite but, to you the lines. We all could, right? Yeah. I mean, we're looking for a dynamic player who fits into our culture, who's you know smart, level headed, you know, got a. Colin Sexton and Jared Allen are very important to the future of the organization, right, but we're exactly. not going to discuss. Contract yeah. negotiations exactly. this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin is important. Kevin Love is an important part of our organization. And we're going to sit we down with Kevin. Need him and to get healthy. Yeah. Yeah. All. Yes. So, you okay. So, basically, if you're listening to this podcast, you really don't have to listen tomorrow to Kevin Love <laughs> or to uh, Kobe Altman. No, I'm kidding. You should. But um, what, what questions do you have? I mean, for him specifically that you would like to ask and you may ask tomorrow um, that are on the top of your mind? Yeah, I got a full list, obviously. Um, to me, the first one is, do you consider this season a success? Hmm. Interesting. That, to me, is my first question. I'm going to think that he says no. Do you want to know You think why? he's going to say no? I think he's going to yeah, say no that. because they didn't, win, they didn't win the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, that's, that's like kind of how... No chance he says that. No chance he says that. I mean, okay, every GM in the world is like, oh, well, we didn't offend, we didn't accomplish our goals, so you can't say that it's a, you know, it's a, a full-on success, but, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean... One of those things. I think he's and, obviously going to qualify it the way that you just did there. That's exactly what I meant. I didn't mean that he's... No, I just meant, like, in the literal sense, like... Well, yeah, you know, it's not a – we didn't win a championship, so it's hard to quantify the season as a success and, that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I think I think he's going to say it was successful. Okay. Is there a reason you think – I mean, just because of the development yeah, of because yeah. yeah, because, I mean, I think expectations are always attached to where you are as an organization. Right. And um, – I think the expectations coming into this season, uh, a very, very difficult season to begin with, weren't super high. Yeah, J.B. Bickerstaff was talking about playoffs play-in. The players were talking about playoffs play-in throughout the course of the season. But I think there was an acceptance coming into the year about who the Cavs were and what they could truly be. Right. right. And even some of those expectations, which were probably lower than most would think, um, those were impacted when Kevin Love went down and Matthew Dellavedova went down and Larry Nance Jr. went down and all of the different things that they dealt with um, when they lost Andre Drummond mentally after acquiring Jared Allen and things along those lines. Right. But I think the overriding theme of the season, Hayden, 
and we knew this from the very beginning, was internal growth. And everybody hates that, right? Some of the reporters that cover this team hate that. Fans hate that. But that was the overriding theme of the season. That is the overriding theme when you're this early into a rebuild. Whether you like it or not, that's what it's about. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Jaron Allen. That's what the future of the organization is tied to. Their success this season is what matters most. 22 and 50 doesn't matter most, right? Uh, Low-hanging fruit, not getting anything for Andre Drummond at the trade deadline doesn't matter most. Um, If you want to talk about the slip-ups, the Kevin Porter Jr. thing matters, and Kobe is going to have to address that. He's going to get asked that. Yeah. Um, How he addresses that, I think, is going to be fascinating. Yeah. But, um, you know, losing 13 out of 14 to end the season, it doesn't matter. What matters most is the internal growth of the young players that are going to determine whether this rebuild becomes a success and whether the Cavs get out of this rebuild. And I think Kobe can point to individual success of Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen, and feel good about the young core of this team and the future of this team. And because they took the strides that they did, I think he has a leg to stand on. And I think he's going to be able to say the season was a success from that standpoint. Sure, sure. And uh, uh, yes, I completely agree. And people are going to roll their eyes, right? And people are going to criticize and they're going to say 22 and 50. And they're going to say 13 of the last 14 were losses. And they're going to say you didn't make the play-in game when J.B. Bickerstaff was talking about playoffs and when the players were talking about playoffs. And I, I get it. I understand that line of thinking. But a general manager, I think, has to view it a little bit differently from uh, a less short-sighted perspective. Sure. And, I mean, obviously he's going to vouch for himself and the job that he's done and the players that he's drafted. Like, that's no surprise. I mean, you know, why why would why would you do anything else but that? Um, so that makes sense. It does make but sense. I mean, like, go ahead. I, I think there also has to be an honesty attached to his own evaluation. Sure. Right. As much as we can talk about and we do Darius, Colin, Jarrett, um, Isaac. uh, I think one of the questions that I have on my list as well is if the offseason is about evaluation of, of everything within an organization, how do you evaluate yourself? Right. Like, how do you answer that question when evaluating yourself? And and I do think that also means, like I said, the low-hanging fruit of not getting something for Andre Drummond, maybe mismanaging that situation, um, whether or not he thinks there was any kind of mismanagement of the Kevin Porter Jr. situation, anything they could have done differently there. Um, regardless of the why of the KPJ, that was a setback to the rebuild. I think you have to admit that. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I, I think... Regardless of the idea behind signing Kevin Love to the lucrative contract extension in 2018 because you need a vet and you can't just have a a, a locker room full of kids alone, um, even if that idea was sound, you know, that hasn't worked out. So there has to be some kind of admission from Kobe's behalf on that not working out the way that he wanted it to. 
Do you think, I mean, you know, we but we kind of joked that he wouldn't really address these things. I mean, do you think that there's any chance that he really goes deep in any of, like, anything tomorrow? I mean, maybe I like something think... like Andre Drummond or, like, the Kevin situation or, I mean, anything like that? What aspect of the Andre Drummond thing? Um, Any of it. Because, I, like, I think all of these things are layered conversations, right? So do I think he'll address the KPJ situation in a general sense? Yes. Do I think he's going to give you anything revelatory when it comes to the why behind and the details behind everything that they tried to do to help KPJ and all of the slip-ups that he had that, yeah. that forced them into the decision that they made? No, I don't think you're going to get that from him. Absolutely right. not. Um, right. do, do I think that He's going to go into deep details behind the scenes about how things went down with Andre Drummond. No, I think it's going to be a general discussion um, in a lot of these. I don't know how he's going to answer the Kevin Love question. Yeah, I was talking with a player about that today. Hmm. I don't know how he's going to answer that because obviously, you know, you don't want to show your hand right. about what you're planning to do about him moving forward. Right. At the same time, there has to be a level of accountability within an organization, including with a general manager, about that um, signing not working out at all at this point and right. recognizing that he has, Kevin has had some big time issues um, since signing that contract. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, that, that situation is just tough. Uh, all the way around. I mean, we've talked about it so many times, and we're going to keep talking about it. Um, the problem is, I believe, is that, you know, we just got to wait. I just don't think anything – I think, again, I think if – if tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the first thing that they're going to wait for is this lottery. Like, that'll be, that'll be the first thing that they want to, like, get out of the way to see, okay, here's where we're going to be. Here's what we want to do. You know, this, that, and the other. Like, they they're now so they lost the coin flip so now they have the fifth odds to excuse me they I guess it would be the th third oh math math is really bad so the top three okay so here's the thing we were wrong on the way that we interpreted it on the podcast okay and after we got off the podcast because I wasn't 100 sure when you asked me the question yeah I called a lot of people around the NBA that are smarter than me okay that know these things that are paid to know these things okay good um. And and they cleared it up for me. The okay, odds of, so. of them, um, their their number one pick chances yeah. did not change. Okay, okay. At all. Got it. Got it. And you were right about that. Okay. And I was wrong on that. Um okay. and the odds of them getting into the top four. Put that put that in the put that in the loop, <laughs> by the way. Put that in the loop. I'm 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 done. Well, this podcast has been a fun run, but I, that's the that's the top moment. I, it's all it's all downhill from here. Uh, and the odds of them getting a top four pick didn't fundamentally change either. Okay. The, the ping pong balls are split evenly between Oklahoma City and Cleveland, and then OKC gets one extra ball in the event that they don't get lottery luck. And in the event that they both are unlucky in the lottery and fall outside the top four, Oklahoma City will pick in front of Cleveland. Okay, got it. Yeah. 
What Secret. changed most in all of this, if we want to get really, really nerdy, there were two things, actually, um, from this tiebreaker. The lowest the Cavs will now pick is nine instead of eight because they lost the, the tiebreaker. Okay. And um, the odds of getting the fifth pick are significantly different. Oklahoma City now has a 7.4% chance of getting the fifth pick, while the Cavs have a 2% chance of getting the fifth pick. Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Glad we cleared that up. Yeah, glad we cleared that up. So the Cavaliers, so, okay. So So it essentially comes into play. There's like a 25% chance that the coin flip is even going to matter, or the quote-unquote breaking of the tiebreaker even ends up mattering. And the way that it matters most is if they both don't have lottery luck. Okay, but so so from what I can from what I can ascertain here, yeah, uh-huh. is that Cleveland and Oklahoma City still have the same percentage to get the first pick in the draft. Correct. All right, eleven point five. Yeah. All right, eleven point five percent. Right, and they still have the same percentage of getting into the top four. So technically, we're going to be really technical here. Cleveland has the second best odds in the lottery to get the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, if you want three teams, three teams all get thirteen percent. Cleveland and Oklahoma City get eleven point five percent. The three teams all get fourteen percent. Fourteen percent. Fourteen percent. So Cleveland will have, and they're going to bank on every one of those eleven point five percent chances. (laughs) That's again, but I mean, Chris, I don't mean to like. I like to simplify things. My brain is not that big. I don't really, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I like to make things as simple as possible. So for me, the way that the Cavaliers can make this the most simplified offseason ever is to get the number one pick, pick Cade Cunningham, and then everything else is going to be just a little bit less pressure filled. Like that's like, that's the dream scenario for Cleveland to get the number one pick. Cade Cunningham comes in. You, you know, he's going to be kind of the, the linchpin to your, hopefully the linchpin to what you've been trying to accomplish over the last three or four years. You add some vets, you figure out the Kevin Love situation, and then you're, you know, then here we go. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But like, that's, that's the, that's the dream scenario. That's the most simple and effective way that I can put it out there that, okay, hey, this is how it's going to work this offseason. Once they get like, once they fit, like I said, once they figure out where they're drafting, I think the rest of it's going to take shape. And if it is number one, then the net, the, vet, the rest of it really takes shape and does so pretty quickly. So I think that's true. And, and I think if, if we're being honest about this rebuild, um, beyond the internal growth of the young players, Colin taking another step next year, Darius, same thing, Jarrett, Isaac, same thing about them. There are right. two ways that I think the trajectory of this rebuild changed dramatically or significantly this offseason. I think there are two ways. Okay. The first is exactly what you said. It's get the first pick and get Cade Cunningham. There's nobody that needs Cade more than the Cavs. And there's nobody that the Cavs need more than Cade. Right. Uh, The second way is to find your Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Gordon Hayward, Nikola Vucevic, like the guy that has playoff experience, that's battle-tested, that has more of a resume of success, that that is going to give you more stability and consistency and support for the young players um, 
that is going to make a difference in the win-loss column. Right. I don't know who that is. Right. Maybe Boston decides if they're one and done in the playoffs that they're going to trade either Jalen. They're not going to trade Jason Tatum, so I'm not even going to say either. They trade either Jason, uh, Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart. Right. Right. One of those guys becomes available. Um, maybe the New Orleans Pelicans say, look, we do not have enough shooting around Zion Williamson. We have to rejigger our roster. Brandon Ingram's available. Okay. Okay, maybe the Los Angeles Clippers completely flame out. They're a team to watch this offseason if they do flame out. And they say, Paul George is available. Wow. That'd be that'd be a couple of years too late, but yeah, you know. But like that is the kind of move, right? Right. That's the kind of player that the Phoenix Suns were able to add when they added Chris Paul. So right. it's like, who is that? Or the Atlanta Hawks were able to add in free agency because they had free agency money to spend. And they added Bogdanovich, who has a ton of overseas experience, who played in the Olympics and got big game experience that way to support Trey Young and some of the young guys that they had. Right. You know, that's the kind of move that can ultimately change the trajectory of this rebuild in a quicker way. Mm-hmm. I completely, completely, completely agree with you on that. Like maybe Portland says it does not work with Damon CJ. Well, that would also be kind of bad news for Cleveland because that's a little bit of the model that they, that they used for a little bit there. Right. But maybe they decide that because they're in the Western Conference and they've reached their ceiling with that group. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've had success. God, right? They've you... made the playoffs a bunch. They've had 50 win seasons. Right. But ultimately, they need to find a way to raise the ceiling in a different kind of way. Dude, could you imagine if CJ McCollum ended up in Cleveland? I mean, well, I mean it was great, great story. Exactly. That's just like there's nothing that Cleveland loves more than their own. And like if you had Larry Nance Jr. and CJ McCollum in Cleveland, like what fans would exp- I think honestly, from like a PR standpoint, at that point, people yeah. would be in love with the Cavs, in <laughs> love with the Cavs. Like even if their record stunk, even if they weren't playing well, people would be in love with the Cavs. Oh, they got Larry and CJ. Like there is nothing that Cleveland fans love more than one of their own playing for their own team. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And obviously these are just hypotheticals, right, Hayden? Sure. But yes, like of course. you either have to find a guy who is floundering on a rebuild, you know, the way that the Chicago Bulls found Vucevic because – Orlando decided that they were moving on and they were breaking it up and they traded Aaron Gordon and they traded Vucevic or the way that Chris Paul was on the rebuilding Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. You know, find a team that is ready to move one of those kinds of guys or find a team that is disappointing in a different kind of way and is looking to shake things up. Here's another name. And you might hear it more throughout the course of the offseason. If Golden State feels like Draymond is tailing off, right, and his best years are already behind him because he's already 31 years old and he's got a big contract, that's another name. Mm. 
Wow. I mean, what does Cleveland do in that situation? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Then again, you know, Dan Gilbert loves Michigan State, and he loves Michigan State players. That's very true. I, I still don't think so, but those are the kinds of players. Right. Right, right, right. That that would be funny. That would be funny to see to see Draymond Green wearing. I think Draymond Green would probably retire before he'd wear Cavaliers colors or something like that. I mean, those those were so fun. But you're right. I totally get what you're saying. They like you're right that like they just. I think the biggest thing this offseason, I think the biggest thing, and when we've agreed on this, is just to find your kind of centerpiece. You know, to find the centerpiece, whether it's a draft guy, whether it's Cade Cunningham, whether it's a guy you like, another Jalen Suggs, whatever. Whether find a centerpiece, because again, we both agree that that's the thing that's been missing from this rebuild, pretty much from the beginning. And I mean, it's now time, quite frankly. I mean, unless you're going to try to flounder through another year of this, and then you're going to have to make big decisions on other players, and it's like, okay, I think this is the time that they're going to try to look for that centerpiece. And whether it be through a trade, again, a guy floundering along the lines of, um, you know, along the lines of a Paul George or a whatever, Draymond Green, Dame Lillard, or C.J. McCollum, the names you just mentioned. Or um, or it's going to be the guy they draft. I think this has to be the offseason right. for that to happen. And I think that's why it's such a crucial offseason. Because if the Cavs swing and miss in this offseason, um, you know, the rebuild could really be kind of on shaky ground. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously where the wrong decision or yeah. the wrong set of decisions right. could really, really impact the future. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. They've, they've made mistakes. The front office has made mistakes during this rebuild, but they don't show up as much. Right. Now they're going to start to matter because now you have to decide how much are you going to pay Jared Allen? Yep. How much are you going to pay Colin Sexton? Yep. Because, like, it's one thing for Colin to be on a contract, doing the things that he's doing, and having some of the questions that you have about Colin. And I think people do have questions about him. <laughs> Certainly <It's>, do. <laughs> it's one thing in this kind of situation where he's on a team friendly rookie contract. Right. Um, and he's making around $7 million or something along those lines. But it's quite another thing if he's making twenty to twenty-five million a year. Yeah, those yeah. are the kinds of moves that can really set you back as an organization, or you know, halt the progress that you feel like you're making. If and this is an if, if he doesn't live up to that contract that you're willing to give him. Same way, thing with Jared Allen. Way different. A rookie contract in 25 million. Way, 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 way. Oh, yeah. Way different. Right? Like, um, Jetty Osman isn't killing the organization at $8 million a year in a contract that declines because right. that's like, that's borderline starter money in the NBA. That's kind of what he is. <laughs> and that's basically what he is, right? He'll fill in every now and then when there's an injury or something along those lines. So that's not killing you. You you can talk about that was a mistake for the front office, but that's not the kind of mistake that kills you. You know, Kevin's contract is detrimental. Yes. We we can agree with that. That's yeah. something that is going to hurt them into the future no matter what decision they make. Right. The same could, emphasis on could, be said about Colin 
and Jarrett, depending on what those contracts look like. Right. And depending on, yeah, obviously, I mean, they could certainly live up to those contracts and that would help. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Colin has gotten better every single year and there's really no reason to think that he's going to stop because there are things where you see growth um, within his game, right? Like this year he got better as an off the ball player. This year he got better with his floater. Uh, This year he got better in terms of his playmaking, averaged a career high in assists. So you start to project forward and where else he can improve and things along those lines. And there's still room for him to improve. Right. Um, There's also an argument that maybe this is the best season that he's ever going to have. And uh, his potential is maxed. That's what you have to figure out. And that's a really, really difficult thing to try and gauge at this point. Um, I think I'd bet on the player in a case like this because he works his ass off. Yeah. Yeah, there's ne- that's the one thing there's never been a question about is his ability to work. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's it's Colin's game. It always has been. It's just putting in the work, putting his head down and getting it done. Uh, we are now what? We are now less than a month from the NBA draft lottery. June 22nd. Um, that will be at 830, June 22nd. Yep. So we, uh, we got some time. Um, is there anything between now and then that, I mean, is going to even happen, like, like roster wise or like anything that you for can foresee like happening in that time, or is it just kind of on hold because of the postseason and all that for the caps? Yeah. Um, they could add a coach to JB Bickerstaff staff. Okay. Multiple coaches potentially. Yep. Okay. Uh, Dan Gilbert could get really, really antsy and <laughs> get rid of Kobe Altman. <laughs> right yeah, that's, like that's that could happen true. i'll never put anything past dan gilbert that's very true uh aside from that i mean it's hard to see anything of significance other than that happening personally yeah yeah no i mean that's my point is kind of like we're just going to be in a waiting game until june 22nd pretty much like I don't expect any contract. I don't. I don't expect any extensions. I don't expect like maybe. No, you know, I mean, you know, it's just I just really. I, I. It's kind of a waiting game. It's where we're at. No, I mean yes. I. I. I that's what I feel. Yeah, I think so. In terms of the major decisions. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know what else there is to be even like looking out for at this point, other than playoff basketball. Um. Before we get going. I like, mean, I mean, the other thing, and, and you brought this up, right? Um, negotiations with free agents can't begin, yeah. technically, until August 2nd, including your own free agents. Right. The uh, the window of extension talks between the Cavs and Jared Allen has closed. Right. Uh, so, like, rookie scale extensions, if we're talking about Colin. Uh it's the last day of the moratorium in the beginning of the season, I think. Right. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, like, again, I think it's, does JB add a coach to the staff? Who is it? How many does he add? Mm-hmm. And will 
Kobe and to a lesser extent JB stick. Hmm. Yeah. Does Anderson Verja retire? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he officially done? <laughs> I guess not. Are they yeah, him, I'm pretty sure he is. Are they just going to give him like 110 day contracts and go from there? <laughs> three year deal? No, I think the 10 day and the three day was it. Oh, damn. <laughs> the retirement tour could have uh, continued into next season. Why not? <laughs> Let's Aside just, from that, it's just going to be all rumors and let's just, yeah, exactly. speculation. Right. Um, before we go, Chris, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs. What are your thoughts thus far? Uh, I know it's pretty early on. Um, anything sticking out to you thus far? The Cavs need vets. We've talked about this yeah. how many podcasts in a row. But it keeps showing up in the playoffs. Like, right. yes, John Morant. Yes, Trey Young. Yes, Luca. Obviously, those guys are awesome, right. and they're the kind of player that the Cavs do not have, right. right? They're the kind of player that the Cavs were not in position to draft in the first three years of this post-LeBron life. Um, but, like, look at some of these other guys that are stepping up and making big plays late for some of these young teams, some of these young rebuilding teams that were in the same position as the Cavs that have found a way to take that next step. Right. It's Bogdanovich. It's Clint Capella for the Hawks. It's, you know, Tony Snell is stepping up and making plays for them. Um, it's really, really hard to win in the NBA with a bunch of youth. Yeah, you don't see it. You don't see it. I mean, you don't see it in Milwaukee. I'm looking right now in Milwaukee, Miami. You don't see it. You don't see it in Phoenix, L.A. Denver. I mean, you do see it. You do see it in Phoenix. They have young guys, but they also but like, have the veterans that support those young guys that right, are exactly. really, really important. I'm just saying, like, not all young guys. Right. I mean, even in Memphis. Yeah. Right? Memphis is one of the youngest teams in the NBA. They yeah. have done a great job of building the roster. Right. It's a good combination, I think, of young guys and then some veterans. You know, Kyle Anderson was brought there. He had playoff experience from his time with the San Antonio Spurs. Right. There's more of an understanding of what you're going to get from that kind of guy on a nightly basis instead of Desmond Bain, the guy that they drafted. You know, Brandon Clark is a first round pick for the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, you can't even get on the court. <laughs> right. You can't get right. on the court in the playoffs right now. Um, yeah. Jonas Valanciunas has been a stabilizing guy for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been really, really important for them getting to the playoffs based on the season that he had, but also the way that he's played so far in the playoffs. You know, that's a guy who's been there. He's done that. Um, he knows what it takes. He knows what it looks like. And, and no, Valanciunas is not the most important player for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's not. He's not the best player for the Memphis Grizzlies, but he just gives them that stabilizer that yeah. all these young teams need. Uh, and then you can say the same thing about the New York Knicks, right? Like Derrick Rose was the guy making all the big plays late in the game. Yes. I mean, and we can so address the Cavs need one of those guys. Oh, yeah. That's my big takeaway from the playoffs. The Cavs need to find out if they have the right veterans on this roster, and if they don't, they need to find the right veterans. 
And that's something we can get into on a future podcast and, and we can discuss when we get closer to, you know, free agency or whatnot. I mean, what, you know, what kind of vets should the Cavs be looking for? Um, and obviously a lot of that would be determined by the draft and all that kind of good stuff. And maybe again, or even a trade, whatever they do. Uh, but you're right. We've talked about that for a while now. The Cavs need the right vets. Certainly they didn't seem to have them this year. Um, but going forward, there's no reason that they couldn't find the right vets, obviously. Um what do you want to know from Kobe tomorrow? What do I want to know? Yeah. You asked me what I wanted to know. What do you want? <sighs> Chris, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I just, nothing that he's going to say is going to like, I mean, unless he like really opens up. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing he's going to say is going to like make me jump out of my chair. I just don't believe like from for right now. So what do I want to hear from him? I want to hear like, I want to hear like, okay, like our plan, like if, if, if I were to want to hear anything and we talked about this, right. We talked about like, what, like, what, like, what should be the next step? Like, I just want the Cavs to have a direction. Like I would love for Kobe to sit down and say, okay, here's the direction. We're mm-hmm. going to try to draft our, uh, a really great player in the draft. Then we're going to try to add veterans this off season. Like give us a, like, I would love to hear his kind of roadmap for where this organization is going to be. Like, you know, he doesn't even have to explain, like, go into the dip, depths and the details of it. But, like, I want to hear, like, a roadmap from him. And I just don't think he'll go that far deep into it. I think he'll say, like, you know, we just – we're going to get ready for an offseason. You know, we're preparing for the draft. And then we're going to prepare for free agency. And then we'll go from there. I don't – but I would love to hear him say, like, here's what we feel we need. Here's what we feel we can get better at. Here's what I'm, we're looking to do in free agency and in the draft. And that's what I would love to hear from him. But, again, I just don't foresee that happening, if that makes any sense. What would you hmm, what would you need to hear to feel better going into next year or have more optimism going into next year? Is there something? There's, no, there's nothing oh. he could say. Right. Because right. again, it's just about the draft. It's about if about who they can acquire who they it's can It's about bring. the moves. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, Kobe could say, you know, anything. I don't know. Literally anything, and I would be like, okay, well then you got to you got to prove it, and you got to do it, and you got to make it like these moves got to happen, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing there's nothing that would be like that would mean anything to me in terms of what he could say, and that's not his fault. I'm not blaming him for that. I mean, it's just some like sometimes GM speak and coach speak doesn't mean a whole lot, and I would rather just hear. I would rather see him make the moves. Like for everybody who was talking about, oh, we need to hear from Kobe. You know, if he's not going to address the 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 sick Kevin Love situations and the, and the Kevin Porter situation and the Andre Drummond situation, like deeply, then I don't mm-hmm. really need to hear from him. I don't, you know, unless I mean, yeah, I think the one thing that I kind of would like to hear would be like his answer to your question, which would be, do you consider the sixth season a success? And I think we mm-hmm. all agree that he's going to say yes, even though he'll start by saying no, and then he'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know I really don't have anything specifically. I mean, I just don't think that what he says is going to matter. I think it's more of what he does and, and what this offseason brings, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, the other the other questions that I have on my list, um, obviously his future and whether he's gotten any clarity on that. Yeah. Whether he's had conversations with Dan Gilbert about that. Right. Um, the other question I have is whether it's time, whether he believes it's time to raise expectations. Okay. Uh, I, yep, I have a list uh, with Kevin Love question on it, knowing that I'm probably not going to get an answer. Yep. Um, whether there are any regrets about how things played out with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, 
I don't know how he's going to answer that or if he's going to answer it. It's also right. tough because there's only so many questions that I'm going to get compared to some of these other reporters. Right. Um, and like, I do think, I do think one of the questions is what's the next step for this organization? I don't think you can just like come out and say, what is the plan? Because he's really addressed that, even though people like don't want to hear it and they don't necessarily like the answer and they just sit there with the low hanging fruit comment of what's the plan? I don't see a plan. Um, well, that's what I mean. That's what I was kind of looking at. Like, I want to see a plan. Like, I, I think I think if you ask him what the next step is of this plan, I think you'd probably get a better answer that way. Okay, fair. Personally, that's that's just me personally. I could be wrong on that, obviously. But no, I think that's fair. But yeah, I mean, it's just I, it's it's kind of like show me, don't tell me. You know, that's right. kind of like that. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's no fault of Kobe's. It's just, hey, like, all right, go draft a guy. Go, you know, let's take the next step here. Right, and and here's the other thing, Hayden. When it comes to that, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. We can't speed up a calendar. No, no. <laughs> so, For the next month, we're just going to be sitting here like, okay, what? Right, we... there's nothing that he can show you at this point right. in time. Right, exactly. Like the playoffs are still happening. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of been the weird part, you know, for years, for four years. We spent, you know, two months after the season, you know, still covering basketball. <laughs> and now yeah. we just kind of got to wait until the basketball is over to kind of get things started again. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a little bit different. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else? No. Just uh, that's about it. All right. Well, we will check in soon with everybody. Uh, and before we get out of here, we do want to remind you to go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. And at the top of the page, you are going to see a blue banner. Um, and on that blue banner, it's going to say uh, get texts from Chris Fedor, Cavs info analysis and all that good stuff. It's a blue banner. Click on it and sign up for Chris's subtext. You can get all of the news, insights, analysis, all that you need uh, heading into this big Cavaliers offseason right, sent right to your phone before Twitter and before anywhere else. Again, cleveland.com slash Cavs and just click on the blue banner at the top of the page and it will be pretty explanatory as to what you need to do. Uh, $3.99 a month, 14-day free trial to start out. So go sign up for Chris's subtext. Um, definitely, if not if not for this month, definitely do it when the, when the lottery hits because then things are going to go in motion. So... Get it for June, like, and and get ready to roll because this offseason is going to be a big one for Cleveland, and we've discussed it a lot. And now we're just kind of in in uh, patience mode, kind of waiting for it. Uh, but we will get there. So, three ninety nine a month, fourteen day free trial. Cleveland.com slash Cavs, and press the blue button at the top of that page. Chris, thank you for joining us, and I hope you continue to get your rest. Um, you got pretty much a month of of limited action, so enjoy the playoffs. And uh, hopefully you won't have to do too much in the way of work over the next month. Thanks, bud. We'll do. <laughs> Cavs fans should be paying attention to the playoffs, too, because some of these results could really change the direction that some of these teams want to go. Oh, yeah. Like we talked about some of these players, you know, they could be guys, guys we don't even know who are available. Shoot. Be, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting, too. Uh, another name that I didn't even bring up. What happens with Philly? Yeah. If, Philly underachieves. Who knows? Right. Does that mean Ben Simmons is available? Does that mean Tobias Harris is available? Does that mean nothing? Does that mean that they're just going to stick with what they have and rely on improvement from Matisse Thibel and um, 
some of those guys? Does that mean they just like keep the core that they have and try and work around the edges? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's another there, team to watch. There are a lot of teams to watch for sure. Yeah. So there I think it's going to be really, really and fascinating. Gotta, and that's why you got to watch the playoffs to see what, what's happening. Because yeah. the Cats can't do anything for a month. So these guys are the only ones that, they, that, that things are going to be really happening with. By Unless, the way, for like all, all the conversation, too, that we have about, you know, how the Cavs can speed up this rebuild and, and change the trajectory the fastest. Like there is a chance that they could look at this situation and say, we feel good about our core. Right. Yeah. We like the four that we have. Yep. We think whether they're right or wrong about this. I'm just saying there's a chance that they could. We think uh, Kevin is going to be more healthy. He's going to be more engaged. He's going to have a full off season to get his mind right and his body right. Um, we like Larry Nance Jr. We saw the kind of impact that he could have, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Right. So we like what we have from that standpoint coming into the year. We're just going to work around the edges. Like there's a chance that they do that. And they say, hey, look, maybe we try and add TJ McConnell in free agency as like a stabilizing backup point guard. Maybe we try and trade a couple of these second round picks that, that we have in our disposal and some salary filler for somebody like Terrence Ross, who's a better fit than Jetty Osman or Torian Prince. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of moves are absolutely possible for the Cavs, just working around the margins. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. And that's what I'm, we're going to have to look out for. I mean, that's, you know. Just don't overlook that. No, can't. I'm not overlooking anything with this Cavs team. I feel like anything could happen. It's done in the past. It's happened. So why not now? Yeah, if that makes any sense. So a lot of directions that they could go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I would bank on some of those things you mentioned, but we'll see. We'll see where they're at. Is there one more? Is there one more unlikely than the other? Is that I would assume. Yeah, I would think so. I would think yeah. there's one. I mean, you can't really bank on the guy being healthier. I know. You know, so, and again, nothing against Kevin. It's just, it's, it's hard to remain, to, to just be healthier when you're getting older. Um, right. So. I mean, I that was, hasn't then that been kind of like the internal thinking for the last however many years? Right. You know, the oh, first Ke yeah, year. Kevin, yeah, like, and again, nothing against Kevin. But, oh, Kevin's going to be healthy next year. They're going to be right. fine. Right. Oh, well, yeah, not quite. He just needs an off season to get himself right mentally and physically. Whoop. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first year that they signed him to that extension, Hayden, he got injured in the first preseason game. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. It's just been tough. It's been tough luck for both. And again, it completely Kevin... shifted the direction. Right. I th and I think Kevin's intentions were good. And I think, you know, Kobe Altman's intentions Absolutely were good. Right. I think, but it just, one of those things that has just not been what either of them hoped it would be. Um, and I guess we'll see how it ends up this offseason. I mean, that's yeah. all I can really say. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We appreciate it. Chris, thank you as always for joining us. We will talk to you guys soon. Be sure to sign up for Chris's subtext, Cavalier, Cleveland.com slash Cavs. $3.99 a month, 14-day free trial. All you got to do is go up to the top of the page on the blue banner, click it, and it will be pretty self-explanatory from there. All of your Cavaliers news, notes, analysis, insights sent straight to your phone before Twitter or anywhere else. Again, $3.99 a month, 14-day free trial. Go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. 
and click on that blue banner. Chris, thank you for joining us. Everyone, thank you for joining us. Have a beautiful day and keep watching those playoffs because you never know. Take care.